WNYC, and as the snow falls around here for the end of our show today, we turn to the cold, snowy weather as a topic, specifically working in it. Another winter storm bringing some snow to New York City and the tri-state area for the most part of today, most of today. And while there isn't expected to be a lot of accumulation, at least in the city, the National Weather Service has issued a winter storm warning for parts of New Jersey. The temperature is really cold, too, hovering around freezing uh, as a peak all weekend. So ahead of this cold, possibly snowy weekend, we are inviting listeners who work outside for long periods of time to have the floor for the end of the show today. How do you stay stay safe and warm out there if you have to work outside in weather like this? 212-433-WNYC, 212-433-9692. For the rest of us, it's so easy to take for granted those people who work outside and have to work outside no matter the, no matter no matter the weather right so you all have the floor right now 212-433-WNYC anything you want to share about the hazards of your job whether it's the cold snow or ice maybe the heat in the summer is there anything your employer does to help you warm drinks gloves space heaters time off past a certain extreme point of weather Maybe you're part of a union that has put best practices into place. What are those? Or maybe you think your employer could be doing more. Provide a warm break room. Shorten your time outside. If possible, maybe your employer is refusing to take your concern seriously. Tell us that story too. Text or give us a call, 212-433-WNYC, 212-433-9692. And joining us now with some expertise on this is Natalia Alejandra Varela, Workplace Justice Supervising Attorney at the activist group Make the Road New York. Natalia, thanks so much for coming on. Welcome to WNYC. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, Now, I see that the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, also known as OSHA, part of the federal government, approaches cold and icy work conditions, not by a broad standard, but kind of industry by industry. Can you explain that a little bit? Sure. Um, so I'm going to start off, you know, it, it it's a little bit of yes, of both. It, so OSHA requires that an employer provide a place of employment, which is free from recognized hazards that are causing or are likely to cause death or serious physical harm to the employees. This is broad. However, that requires thought, planning, and understanding of foreseeable and anticipated hazards of the workplace. Um, and an employer has an obligation to do that. They need to do an assessment to determine if hazards are present, are likely to be present, which ne- which necessitates the use of often personal protective equipment. Uh, we informally refer to this as PPE. If we have, if there are such hazards that are present or likely present, the employer needs to provide appropriate PPE. Employer also has an obligation to assess, you know, the 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 stability of the PPE and. We are think, and they need to think about whether they need to provide um, an addition, different standards of PPE yeah. as well. So, so what what are some examples of PPE? I think people became familiar with that term in the general population at the beginning of the pandemic, 
personal protective equipment and those initials PPE. Then it was things like face masks and, and gloves. What's PPE for cold weather? PPE for cold weather. Well, I will say that I guess it, it there's some specifics about that, which is generally the rule is that an employer has to provide all per- personal protective equipment. However, there are some carve outs, and I think that's particularly relevant for the cold weather, which is ordinary clo- uh, clothes, skin creams, other items used for, for solely for protection from weather, such as winter coats, jacket, gloves, parkas, rubber boots, hats, uh, raincoats, things along those lines, they are not obligated to provide. Huh. So that's not an obligation that they have that they have to provide. So what it goes back to sort of that general standard, which is they have to be assessing, though, when new things are arising and if it's going to provide a severe hazard to the employee, then how are they anticipating this? I think, you know, you refer to some things in, in, in your introduction, you know, it may not be, you know, what the exact remedy is, is going to be specific to each work industry and how the employer assesses for it. But part of that is also about uh, employees um, also notifying employers, too. It's not necessarily the legal standard, but you should, you know, workers should feel compelled to speak up because dangerous conditions, as you know, can lead to serious injury and sometimes death. So thank you, postal workers. Thank you, construction workers. Thank you, sanitation workers. Thank you, delivery workers. Thank you, first responders of all kinds. And Timothy in Vermont, you're on WNYC. Hi, Timothy. Hello. Um, hi. Uh, yeah, I, I teach skiing, and uh, uh, I work outside a lot. I tap maple trees. And, uh, well, it's about 11 degrees up here right now. Uh, regard, uh, uh, so do you have tips? If you will. What's that? Brian? Do you have tips? Are you calling with tips? Yeah. Well, yeah, okay. Yes, I am. Uh, you have to wear layers. And you have to... Uh, wear technical fabrics as opposed to like cotton or mm-hmm. what have you. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can, you could wear cotton as a base layer if you will, but, but you got to wear technical fabrics. Timothy, thank you very much for starting us off on the phones. Reed in Brooklyn, you're on WNYC. Hi, Reed. Hi, Brian. Um, I called in over the summer also talking about my job when the trees are really thirsty and now the trees are really cold, just like me. So I work outside all day, also tapping on trees, but I tap on them to make sure they're not going to fall over. And we're outside all day. We've been working through this weather this week. And my biggest tips are to bring a couple thermoses of hot liquids, coffee, tea. I always have a thermos of soup as well. And when you're packing it all in the morning, you want to preheat those with boiling water like a couple times. And that'll really make sure everything stays like piping hot. And I also want to echo Timothy, layers, technical fabrics. Um, and I keep a electric hand warmer that I also use as a power bank. And uh-huh. that really saves my fingers. Reed, thank you very much. One of the outdoor um, job categories I didn't mention yet is going to be represented by Maria in Park Slope. Maria, you're on WNYC. Hello. Hey, how are you doing? I uh, love your show. Um, I just thought this was an interesting segment because a lot of people don't realize that 
you know, dog walkers are out all day. Um, my husband and I, we have a small business in Park Slope and rain, shine, sleet, yada, yada, yada. We do it all. Um, and yeah, there's like, you know, treacherous, right? You know, the salt for the dogs, obviously the ice for us. Um, two tips that I mean, one tip that I really, I've, you, you're for the year, sorry, learn through the years, boots. Do not get boots that have plastic um, because I think that the plastic really um, gets cold fast and mm. freezes, and I've learned this. Mm-hmm. So boots that don't have plastic on the bottom um, and totally layers. And also movement. Like the more you move, the more your blood goes, and, you know, it just you can get a real nice um, temperature. So for all those dog walkers out there, you know, you see them all day. I mean, we, you know, we do a job. I know um, some people don't get it, but we do. And like the other two callers, we don't have, you know, nobody gives us any special regulations. We just have to go out there yeah. and do it. So yeah. the, the dog's yeah. got to go out unless you want them pooping on the floor, right? Maria? The dog's got to go out. And, <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, another different job. Stuart and Seacliff, you're on WNYC. Hi, Stuart. Hey, Brian. Uh, good morning. Uh, I'm a stagehand at the Garden. And um, Sunday, we loaded Madonna. It's 34 trucks. Oh. And as you know, the arena's on the fifth floor, so we have uh, a fleet of forklifts. So everything's got to get unloaded on 33rd Street and 31st Street and forked up the ramp into the arena. So we always, always ready for it. We always, you know, we were extra coveralls, balacava masks, thick gloves. And uh, but it, it is challenging because the way the building is designed, you know, there's an old taxiway that goes right through the building. It creates a wind tunnel effect. So the wind is whipping. It's cold. And uh, but it's part of the gig. Thank you very much, Stuart. Good luck out there at the garden. Um, so, Natalia, we've heard some interesting stories there. Uh, people in different professions with some individual tips. Uh, the first caller was from Vermont. Another person from Vermont writes, "There's if I hear there's no such thing as bad weather, only bad clothes, one more time, dot, dot, dot. That's the whole message. So, so I wonder if part of your job for the activist group Make the Road, which represents all kinds of workers, um, it's to go beyond these individual tips and advocate for standards. Absolutely. I mean, I think... I think there, you know, there's a need, there's always a need for advocating for standards, but I think some of the ways that we start advocating and part of the education is about people thinking about their collective space. So workers working with one, you know, recognizing one another's uh, harms in the workplace. So if you're in the, if you're in a workplace and people, and you're noticing that there's a condition or there's a harm, OSHA protects your right to address this with your employer. And if you do so, if you do this with another individual or on behalf of a group of workers, you can go forward and, and address this to the, the employer and you're protected by OSHA um, from retaliation and as well as it's, it, it's very likely to be considered concerted protected activity under the National Labor Relations Act. Do you happen to know if for construction workers, there's, or anybody else, there's a temperature below which or any kind of metric below which you're not supposed to have to work if it's at all optional? So there's no industry requirement. Like you, It can be any temperature where you work. However, I would argue that there is a point where an employer has to be 
contemplating is the is them just being outside a safety a safety risk um and is that in and of itself a hazard sometimes you have to call it um and you know the alternative again by that by the it i mean the day maybe this is the day that there's an alternative source of work uh pushing through there is a level different levels of liability right an employer still has a liability under workers compensation law mm-hmm. um another thing to consider is whether someone needs a reasonable accommodation for this specific sort of weather there are different conditions that flare up so um i think that there's different levels of advocacy that can happen i think the broader osha advocacy is a conversation that the pandemic really raised up again. Um, but I think when we're thinking about the practicality of everyday workers, what are what are their options? What tools do they have to advocate for themselves? One another is the number one, I think, um, you know, and never putting themselves in a condition. I know how hard it is and that some workers are trying to make ends meet, assuredly. However, you know, even if a worker tells you, if you know, you need to also say no. Yeah, that pressure to keep going, right, by people who are just making ends meet. I'm happy to take a call from Happy in Manhattan. Hi, Happy. Are you happy? I am, Brian. I spent a lot of time outside working when I was younger. I was a cycling coach at Columbia, Hmm. and we go to bike races and race in this weather. So it's not only layers but it's moisture management. I would bring three to four raincoats to a, an event as a layer, and as I sweated into them, I would hand them off to my wife who was in the van keeping people warm. But you can't just stay inside if you're the coach. You've got to be outside cheering your kids on. And some days I found low 30s worse than sub-zero for keeping warm when it was raining, it was snow, it was dry. Uh. But if you're in the low 30s, it's raining and it's leaks in everywhere through any seams you have and the water draws off heat. So sometimes 35 can be worse than minus that's 35. A, that's a really, really great point and really important and the moisture control. Let's sneak one more in here. James and Syosset. James, we have about 30 seconds for you. Hi there. Yes, uh, hopefully no one's uh, drinking on the job, but one of the myths is that uh, carrying a flask of alcohol is good. That it's actually alcohol consumption, as I understand it, can increase the risk of hypothermia. So uh, not, a good, not a good idea. Thank you, James. You on that one, Natalia, uh, the myth of alcohol oh. keeping you warm? I couldn't thank James enough. Absolutely. Do not drink on the job for a number of reasons. However, uh, that is a total myth. It does not keep you warm. And as to the previous caller, I I can't thank them enough for also raising, you know, bigger concerns and something an employer has an obligation to do is train folks about what they should be looking out for cold stress. And that includes and that includes is are are they subjected to being wet? Um, There are it's uh, increased risk for hyperthermia, increased risk for frostbite, and also increased risk for trench foot. I think the worst weather day of my life was when I had to be outside for a number of hours in 40 degrees and rain. Natalia Alejandra Varela, Workplace Justice Supervising Attorney at Make the Road New York. Thank you so much for coming on and talking about and celebrating all our callers who have to work outside in weather like this. Thanks so much. Thank you. 
Have a great weekend, everyone. Stay tuned for Allison.